0: i
1: I praise o holy lord most holy
0: lord with all of my heart i see
1: see.
2: Morning, I'm John Collier. I'd like to welcome you to our second service this morning. So glad you've chosen to worship with us today. Visitors, we especially appreciate your attendance today and being with us, and we hope you'll stick around just a little bit after service and allow us to get to meet you. We would appreciate it, visitors, if you would uh, let us know you're here by taking one of the attendance cards in the pew in front of you and using your phone to scan the QR code and fill in the information there. And if you are a first-time visitor, you can actually physically fill out that card and after service take it to the information center in the lobby. And we actually have a free insulated coffee mug for you that we'd love to share with you. So thanks for being with us today. As we continue into our worship time this morning, I'm gonna read from Psalms 31 verses 23 and 24. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Let's all pray together. Father, it is so humbling to be able to approach you at any time for any need. And particularly this morning, Father, as we gather together here at this place to worship you. Father, I thank you for this gift of community. I I thank you for the energy we feel and the encouragement that we receive when we gather together and worship you together, and when we sing praises to you together, and when we pray to you together, and when we study your word in Bible classes together. Father, I ask that as we enter this new year, 2023, that you help it be a year of renewal for each of us Please give us the uh, discipline and the energy to seek you first in all that we do. And give us the courage to be a messenger of your word and your will for our lives. Fathers, we seek this gift of encouragement from others. Help us to eagerly provide it, to provide encouragement to others. Help us as a congregation to be welcoming to others and to... Uh, confidently share our faith with others. Father, we know there are many in our congregation that have needs right now. Father, for Eric Tarpley, who has fallen this weekend and and broken his leg and hand. Father, we just pray that you'll be over him, especially right now and be with his family as they tend to him through this uh, difficult uh, recovery process that he's going to have. Father, I know there are many that are suffering from illness or from injury or from emotional issues, Father. I just pray that you'll be with each of these individuals, Father, that I won't mention by name this morning, but you know who they are, Father, and you know that many of us pray for them throughout the week. Father, help us to sincerely seek your presence right now at this moment as we worship you. And may we worship you this morning with all of our hearts and all of our souls and all of our minds. And I pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church, let's
1: stand and let's sing this morning. Joyful, joyful
0: freedom.
1: going to sing one more song as we enter into this time of communion this morning and Sam Vasali is going to come and lead us around the bread and around the cup let's sing ladies actually start this song let's sing
3: I
4: Good morning. In Matthew uh, 27, verses 46, while Jesus is dying on the cross, he, as he's about to die, he calls out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If you look, if your Bible's like mine, you probably have a footnote that goes back to Psalm chapter 22, uh, a Psalm of David. I'm going to read a little bit about, of that. Um... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer, by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In in you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved, and you they they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. I love the juxtaposition of Jesus's experience versus how we celebrate it. Jesus was alone. He calls out, you know, throughout his ministry, he always talks about my father, and here he talks about my God, and he as a reference to this Psalm of David, where David is just lamenting how just completely isolated and alone and hopeless he is. And I try to imagine Jesus, the Son of God, who had this just unimaginable close relationship, you know, this direct phone line, you know, cell phone, hi, God, hey, Dad, um, let's talk, feeling alone and isolated, in this instance, just totally cut off from what he's known for all eternity, since the beginning, right? But as in the psalm that he references, but God is still good, and God is going to save his people. And the way he wants us to commemorate this is with a meal together. And we kind of lose it here, you know, where we have this huge group. What a good problem to have. It would be a logistical nightmare to have tables and to share this meal. So we We use this format, you know, where we're sitting, and we kind of maybe lose, and I don't want us to forget how social and communal a meal is shared together. After we're done today, just so many of us are going to go out to lunch together, just share a meal, talk about our days, how our lives are going, share fellowship, share deep things, shallow things, just a connection and togetherness. Just if we can manage to put our cell phones in our pockets, we'll talk. And it's so wonderful to me that Jesus experienced this just unspeakable isolation as the price. And he wants us to celebrate with the most together and communal experience, right? Okay, I was alone and cut off from God so that his people could be saved. How awesome. Let's not lose that Again, it's a good problem to have that we've got so many people gathered together that we kind of have to do it short with these little disposable cups. It's okay. Let's not forget how amazing it is that we get to share that we have this family, God's family, because of that sacrifice he made for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do not know and hopefully and thankfully we cannot know just how isolating it must have been for your son to make that sacrifice and for you Lord to turn your eyes away while that price was being paid so that you would never have to turn your eyes away from us thank you for that sacrifice for that price for that loneliness that was endured so that we wouldn't have to so that we could be here together with our family, with your children, celebrating that we never have to be cut off and alone, that you, our Father, are with us always, that here our brothers and sisters are with us, Lord, and that we celebrate the amazing grace that you've given to us freely. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. You need to pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, the sacrifice, the, the body, the blood that can wash us clean, Lord, I know it's only, it's only a symbol that we partake of today, but let it fill our, our memories and our hearts and our minds with exactly what it meant, um, what that price was, what, what you did for us, Lord, and what the reward is, the gift freely given your grace that can wash over us and make everything new. It's in your son's name that we pray, amen.
1: Come let us worship and bow down. If you brought an offering today, a couple of ways that you can give. You can drop that offering in the uh, box in the middle of the foyer, or you can give online. Uh, Lots of options available to give online as well. So um, thank you for giving, and thank you for furthering God's work in this place. We've had a a great year of 2022, and thank you for helping us finish strong financially. And uh, thank you for your generosity at Thanksgiving and at Christmas and just giving of your time and of your resources for that as we helped those in need around us in our community. Um, this morning before first service started, there was a group of men out here on the south uh, parking lot, and they were getting ready to go down to Huntsville to, the, to, uh, to share the, the good news of Jesus with uh, some inmates down there. And Clay Short heads up that ministry. About every quarter, he takes a crew of men down there. And I told him that we would pray for them. If you are interested in becoming a part of that ministry, Clay said he's got a couple of slots available. They have to go through a a process of getting approved uh, by the state so you can go into the prisons. Uh, And then he can't take everybody with him Uh, each week, but uh, you can at least be on an approved list to go uh, with him when he's able to take you. So if you want to uh, be a part of our prison ministry, just reach out to Clay Short uh, or call the church office and we'll get you connected with that. Let's bow. Father God, we're thankful. Thankful for opportunities to serve. Thankful for opportunities to go and serve, Father and I, I pray safe travels on Clay and his group of men today. I pray that someone in that penitentiary hears your words in a new, different and special way today, that hearts are touched and lives are changed because of your work through them. Thank you for these servant men who choose to, out of their own time, share your word. Father, thank you. Thank you that we can give. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's watch a little bit more information about our upcoming Telling the Story conference. Let's watch. Thank you for
3: the cross.
5: Telling this story is full of opportunities and activities. It all begins Friday evening, February the 3rd at 7 p.m. with Brother Shelton Gibbs III from the Greenville Avenue Church of Christ bringing us a powerful message, and John Scott Davis will also lead us in some inspiring, uplifting worship, as he always does. Saturday morning coffee and donuts will be served at 8 15 a.m. and classes will officially convene at 9 o'clock a.m. and they will run all the way until 4 o'clock p.m. Saturday evening a catered dinner will be served from babes chicken and on Sunday morning February the 5th Bruce McClarty former president of Harding University, will be preaching both morning services, and we will also repeat five classes on Sunday morning that were offered on Saturday, just in case you missed them or if you want to hear them again. Go to wwwpressincrestorg backslash story. A website has been created just for the conference. Scroll to the bottom of the page where you can find all of the classes, teachers and bios, room locations and meeting times. You can also register for dinner and childcare, if you promise to pick up your children when the conference is over. We have tried to think of everything that you might need, but what we need from you now is to register, but more importantly, to come to be blessed and to be encouraged. We hope to see you February 3rd through the 5th, 2023 for the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ.
1: Yeah, church, go ahead and jump on the website and sign up to to be a part of that. It's going to be a great weekend. Hey, we've got a lot of things coming up. First of all, the chili cook-off next Sunday night, January 15th. We're going to have a time of worship and then we will adjourn to enjoy some great chili brought to you by the members of Preston Crest. So y'all come on, get your get your chili chili recipes out and let's uh, let's come together and enjoy that. If you have questions, uh, they will most likely be answered on the website. You can you can go there. Uh, Mike and Jenny Kern and Darren and Marla Hughes are heading that up, so visit with them as well. We've got a men's breakfast coming up the weekend after that, Saturday the 21st. Guys, come on. You don't need to register. We always have more than enough food, so plan on being with us at 8 o'clock on January 21st. That is a great way to start your Saturday. Gordon's going to come and share a word with us. And then we got financial peace coming up as well, and this is facilitated by our finance deacons and their wives. Such a great program, and I don't know how many thousands of dollars of debt have been eliminated throughout the years that we've been having financial peace. I know it's a bunch. I might have that number for you next week. I don't know. Hey, let's uh, let's stand. So glad you're here. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. Now we're going to sing one more song, and then Gordon's going to come share with us. All
0: in the power of Jesus' name,
6: Lifting up the name of Jesus—that's what we do, Lord of all. Uh, hey, man, just—it's cool keeping up with you guys, and proud of our kids at Preston Crest and so many great things that you guys are doing. And I know, uh, like uh, Noah McGee is at a kicking competition in Florida, and that guy—he kicks like a Missouri mule. That guy—I mean, he. He soccer, led his soccer team in, into an international tournament in Denmark to triumph, and he'll do well. And then we had Blake Moser remember, years ago that was Preston Crest. I don't know what it is about Preston Crest and kicking. You might consider that if you have a kid here. Uh, there's something in the water at Preston Crest where our kids kick very well. Football, soccer, you name it. Yeah, I was just thinking this week we're dealing with adulting issues, and when you grow up and you have all these things like just take your refrigerator in the kitchen. Our refrigerator is is a menace. It's a menace. It's fairly new. But pretty much there's always something that needs to be fixed, oftentimes the ice maker. Anybody have refrigerator ice maker issues from time to time? Yeah. And uh, we get an estimate this week and, and my jaw just dropped and I was thinking maybe we just need to go back to the ice cube trays, you know, that was a lot cheaper than having to get this thing fixed all the time. And, and uh, I wouldn't out the company name of our refrigerator, that would be petty and, and vindictive. So just, uh, you know, I don't know, but on another totally unrelated topic, as as weather warms up, uh, and you might be getting in that boat and doing some fishing or something. If you're on a stream or a lake or a river here in, te- in Texas, uh, beware of what's that, uh, you know, circular vortex of water that you might encounter. What's that called? Uh, a whirlpool. Um, yeah, watch out for those. And if you encounter one, you might want to have the extended warranty on your, on your boat, or you might just want to avoid that whirlpool altogether. So just PSAs this morning here, at Preston Crest. Yeah. Imagine that you have a friend who has eaten for the last year only Doritos and Ding Dongs kind of a preposterous idea, Uh, that friend if in this hypothetical scenario would not be a picture of health and vitality, would they? Um, Maybe not going to be around all that long. Now, it may seem crazy, this scenario, but I mean, who would only consume junk food? But what if I told you it's likely that that friend is many of us? Now, we're not literally eating only a diet of junk food, but we're talking about information. The information that we consume is often primarily junk information. And it's, whether you're getting it from your social media accounts or the internet, it is highly, highly addictive, this junk food. Uh, So, if the general public, for example... Ate only Ding Dongs and Twinkies and Doritos, you would probably think there's going to be a public health crisis. Well, if the general public consumed only uh, consumed only informational Twinkies, Ding Dongs, and Doritos, there might be a a crisis of wisdom, an intellectual, even a spiritual crisis. And yeah, I think we're kind of there. I really do. And so in the next few weeks, we're going to be walking in wisdom. We're going to consider how to be discerning, how to filter, how to prioritize when it comes to our information diet. Okay? And there is hope, really. I mean, just as you can choose, I'm going to eat better, you can choose, I'm going to feed myself intellectually, informationally, with a more healthy diet as well. You can do that, and you can see sudden and dramatic differences in your strength, in your vitality, in your level of wisdom and discernment in your life. This is a huge, huge theme in Scripture. I mean, just in the book of Proverbs, there are dozens of references to the importance of growing in wisdom, of prioritizing wisdom. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words and turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you, though it cost all you have. Get understanding. Stop at nothing in your pursuit to be a wise person. So we're going to spend some focused time. Searching for wisdom, looking to build wise habits into our lives. And along the way, yeah, we're going to identify some sources of, of informational junk food that we have gotten addicted to so that we can turn away from them. They're doing us harm. A book back, uh, Tony Rinkie wrote a book back in 2017 about our relationship to our Smartphones, Uh, and probably even since 2017, some of the trends that he noticed have even exacerbated, I would imagine. Uh, But he talks about how, in subtle and quiet ways, our phones are changing us and not for the better. So, here's just a few on his list. One way uh, we've grown more and more distracted. We check our smartphone 85,000 times a year or once every 4.3 minutes, and that's a stat I'm guessing has probably gone up since 2017. Uh, We've become a hazard to others, quite literally. Texting and driving make us 23 times more likely to get in a car accident and I remember it wasn't long ago we had our, our beautiful Honda Pilot parked on the street in front of our children's elementary school. So it's been a few years. And this guy in a big old beautiful pickup just smashed right into it. And we're like, how on earth did he do that on his phone? Driving while distracted. Uh, thankfully, he had good insurance. Okay. We've become approval addicts. Uh, Each social media moment is another scene in our incessant autobiography. Uh, We've come to idolize celebrity. Our attention drifts from the eternal toward the latest headlines and gossip. By the way, I was just thinking, I'm sitting there right now, um, this week... I have gotten over 50 notifications about a Buffalo Bills football player, right? And some of you know who I'm talking about. It was serious. It was a big deal. All this stuff. My phone has alerted me to basically every little thing that's changing with this player in his recovery, 50 notifications. You know how many times I've opened my Bible this week? Not 50 times. We get information about, we we have these telescopes and, and we're like looking at things happening way over there with these other people that we don't even know and we lose sight of what's going on in our world. So we are distracted, we idolize celebrity, we've become lonely. Technology is drawing us apart by design. We feel the sting of loneliness in the middle of all of these internet online connections. Uh, We've gotten lost in the digital noise. The average daily social media and email output daily is larger than what's contained in the Library of Congress. Uh, We lose track of time. The wonder of people and plants and nature, even God himself gets lost in the whirl of, quote-unquote, urgent notifications. So while technology... Modern technology is making us shallower. This is not a problem that started with modern technology. It's been going on a long time. American writer, poet, philosopher uh, Henry David Thoreau lived during the 19th century, and he saw the same thing happening with newspapers of his day how people were incessantly looking at the headlines or talking about what they read in the gossip columns and they were losing touch with the eternal in their lives. He talked about how it was ruining America. Listen to what he wrote. He said, If we have thus desecrated ourselves, and who has not, the remedy will be by wariness, alertness, by wariness and devotion to re-consecrate ourselves, we should, I love this quote, we should treat our minds, that is, ourselves, as innocent and ingenuous children whose guardians we are. And be careful what objects and what subjects we thrust on their attention. Read not the times, read the eternities. And Times is kind of a reference to New York Times or some other newspaper because he saw people checking out on their lives, on their priorities, and getting caught up in the latest gossip columns in the Times. So Thoreau noticed something, that people had kind of resigned their role as curator of their intellectual lives and had just opened up their minds to whatever news was going on around them And you can go back even further, like 2,000 years before Thoreau noticed this. We see it in Athens, Greece at the internet of the ancient world, which was called the Areopagus. Uh, You might know it as Mars Hill, giant rock in the middle of Athens. And this is where people of that day got together to hear everything that was new, every weird idea, every new thought. They wanted to not be left out. A few weeks ago, Isla, we got to travel there with David, and we had a great time in Athens. And, and you probably can't see us. I'm wearing a green, well, yeah, you can. Green shirt right in the middle, super zoomed in. Isla was actually on top of the Acropolis, like a quarter of a mile of away, away, taking this picture. and We're talking on the cell phone. But that is the exact location where all of this is happening, all of these debates, the internet of the ancient world. And so Paul I mean, rather, Luke, a medical doctor, is going to talk about Paul in Acts chapter 17, a famous sermon that he preaches. And Paul got up there and talked to these folks that were talking about the latest ideas. And listen to this. If this doesn't describe our day, Acts 17, 21, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Just as our modern brains are, are trained to get dopamine hits from our smartphones, from those notifications, from those alerts... Folks in Athens were filling their days with whatever the newest, latest idea was. They had FOMO, fear of missing out. They didn't want someone else to know something, some philosophy, some religion, something that they did not know. And while we're not today going to dive into the entire message that Paul preached, it's an amazing message to this very secular audience, I just want to look at the setup that Luke writes in the book of Acts to set up that sermon because we get a lot of information helpful information from what he writes. Listen to this. Uh, Acts uh, 17, starting in verse 16. Now, while Paul was waiting at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. Some said, what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. They took him and they brought him to that place, the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new teaching is. That you are presenting for you bring some strange things to our ears, we wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now that takeaway there, all the Athenians, all the foreigners who lived there, would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. and we're told there by Luke. That we've got Epicurean philosophers, Stoic philosophers. Basically, what Luke is telling us is the entire spectrum of ideas was there wanting to hear what was new. The Epicureans believed that life is all about the pursuit of pleasure, having a good time. If it makes you feel good, do it, eat it drink it. On the other hand, you've got the Stoics who believed the meaning of life was found in, in self-denial, in, in discipline, in the denial of pleasure to your body. So, you had everybody there in Athens wanting to hear the new thing that this babbler, verse 18, was saying. They wanted, verse 19, to hear this, quote-unquote, new Teaching. So, of course, they were all there to hear all about it. So, yeah, in some ways, that's kind of the internet of the ancient world. Hey, I'm glad they were there, but they were listening to Paul on Monday. They were listening to five other guys on Tuesday. They just wanted to hear what was new. So, as we lay out our journey in pursuit of wisdom, we need to look in the mirror and consider ways that we sometimes. Are, in Thoreau's words, reading the times instead of reading the eternity. So, turning back to us, what is the problem with our diet, with our information consumption diet? Excellent book written by Brett McCracken a few years back, a couple of years back, pretty new really, The Wisdom Pyramid. And he defines three major problems with our information diet today. One is information gluttony. Two is perpetual novelty. And three is this you-do-you you mentality. Information gluttony. That's the 50 Notifications I got about a football player I don't know this week. Do I care about that football player? Sure. But I've got a lot of other things that are a lot closer to me that I care about as well. Um, We get information gluttony. By the way, just as eating too much of something can make you sick... Too much information, information overload can weary you and make us sick as well. Um, We get hammered with information every single day from the phone notifications, social media updates, uh, the laptop beeps with a new email, 24-hour news channels all the time. Some of that information is actually important. Much of that information is not important at all. Uh, But it's all given, when you read it, when you look at it, it's all given free rent in your head. McCracken says this, he puts it well. In the competitive landscape of the digital age, the food of information is not getting more nutritious. It's veering in the direction of junk food. Doritos and Skittles will always get more clicks than spinach. What was Kim Kardashian wearing the other day? <laughs> what is Rihanna's new diet? Uh, what? We live in a time of informational gluttony, and that works against a person growing wise. Okay? Okay. Now, perpetual novelty like we saw in Athens. Always got to have something new. Uh, Always got to hear what's up. Uh, They had that thirst uh, for what's recent, what's different. And in our age, it's all about speed, right? I mean, we're always looking for what? More bandwidth or less? We're wanting more. We'll pay more. Uh, And the internet providers, it's in their interest to make sure we get our information and entertainment faster and faster. Why? Because your favorite apps, your favorite games, your favorite social media site, the worst thing, in their opinion, is for you to log off. They want you to stay on, stay engaged. So they need to keep you consuming more and more quickly, more and more updates. So yeah, yeah. Eating too much can make you sick, consuming too much information can, you, can make you sick, uh, but also eating too fast can make you sick, and consuming information too fast can make your soul sick. Throwing down, you know, that burger and fries on your way home from work, it may satisfy your appetite, uh, but it's not healthy for your body, and the truth is, these warp speeds of information that we have today, this craving of perpetual novelty that's cultivated within us. It feels like a need. It's not helping us become wise, all right? And finally, that you do you mentality. I was at the gym this week and they got TVs plugged in and one of them, this is a morning show here in the Metroplex. It's on about 9 a.m. Monday through Friday and the morning show is called Yes, Yes, To you. And I was thinking, perfect, yeah. You do you, yes to you, follow your heart, find what makes you happy. These are the mantras of our time. You are the ultimate authority in your life. Taking the back seat to you are the authorities that for centuries, millennia, informed human beings and helped them become wise. You know the the scientists, the teachers, uh, the religious leaders, the the grandparents, um, and, and so, uh, the, all of these have become secondary at best, and in many cases, what used to be considered the authorities are actually scorned as obstacles to you doing you don 't listen to them, you follow your heart. And so in this journey to self-discovery, what's happening is, is we're collapsing upon ourselves. We're in a hall of mirrors, only looking at what we want to hear. And back to the diet metaphor, it's not healthy to eat too much. It's not healthy to eat too fast. And guess what? It's not healthy to only eat the things that taste good to you, you you want to know what tastes good to me? Among other things, how about nachos with shredded beef and a pile of goopy cheese on top? That tastes good to me. What tastes good to me? Isla knows this. A salted caramel milkshake from Liberty Burger. That tastes good to me. Now, if I had a diet solely based on those items and other items that taste good to me, then I would get so sick. So quickly, y'all would have to come visit me in the hospital. And you see the parallel, right? The parallel with you do you? Um, When I'm just following my own inner voice, when I'm following my own happiness, then what am I doing? I'm consuming only the information and the ideas that they taste good to me. And I end up ignoring other stuff really healthy stuff. And that's not a mentality where wisdom flourishes at all. Um, Growth is stunted in that mentality. And so here's where we're going to go, roadmap for the weeks to come. We're going to consider, like on that old elementary school food pyramid, you know, we're going to consider the sources of wisdom and information at the bottom that are concrete, that are 100% reliable. And then those, uh, like the Bible... Or above that, the community of faith. And then we're going to consider, you know, beauty, nature, books, literature, art, the Internet. Where we might find some good information, some good things, but they are considerably less reliable. And so we're going to consider how to curate that and become wise and filter through some of that. So that the Internet, social media, is not the cornerstone of our diet. Now, to finish up, we got to go back to Jesus because Jesus is the beginning and the end for us. Uh, Jesus is the one that we want to give the attention of our minds and our hearts to above all else. Congratulations. I think that's probably why you're here this morning, why you brought your kids here this morning. You want Jesus to occupy the throne of your life. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, Christ is the power Power of God and the wisdom of God. Let's read that together. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus, you are my rabbi. You are my Lord. You are the one who shapes every day my journey To become wise, you are the one who powers my life. You're the power of God. Uh, You are the one who informs me. You're the wisdom of God. You're the alpha. You're the omega. You're the beginning. You're the end. And in terms of my diet, you, Jesus, are the bread of life. I want my soul to feed on you. And I recognize I need to consider ways that I feed on lesser things. Things that are really doing harm, to my spirit, to my mind. And so that's the journey that we are going to be on. I hope you'll be with us over the weeks to come. This morning, maybe for you, it's crossing that line of faith and surrendering your life to Jesus. Maybe he's been one voice among many, but you're ready to declare him Lord and Savior and be baptized into Jesus. You could do that today, right here. Maybe you need prayers this morning. This is a praying church. Come pray with me, one of our shepherds, or pray with somebody around you. Bring that success, bring that struggle before God in prayer. The Father cares deeply about you. He answers prayer. Maybe this morning you just want to know more about membership at Preston Crest. We would love to have you be part of this family, this growing family. We believe God loves you, and so we love you. We believe you have something to offer, and maybe we have something to offer back as we journey together toward glorifying Jesus and growing his kingdom. But right now, let's let Jesus know the place that he occupies in our lives by lifting him up in worship. Stand with me, and let's praise him together.
1: This is my desire to honor.
2: a real blessing to be gathered together and to worship together this morning. We appreciate your attendance. We thank you to Gordon, John Scott, and Sam for leading us this morning in our worship. Visitors, again, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for worshiping with us. We'd love to have you be a part of our family, part of our community here at Preston Crest. There are six easy ways on the back of the bulletin that you can place membership with us. We want to make it as easy as possible. We'd love to have you. Everyone, remember our worship time tonight at 6 o'clock as Jacob will be continuing our series on Living Hope from 2 Peter. And remember to sign up today if you have not yet for the Telling the Story conference at halftime at the Cowboy game. What better time to pull out your phones and sign up if you haven't already? Let's close our service this morning by reading together uh, from Proverbs 4, verses 5 to 7 that we've already heard in our sermon this morning. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. I hope you feel a renewed strength from worshiping together today. Have a blessed afternoon.